is Lost, the show where we watch Lost and ask ourselves, uh, should they open up that hatch? I'm BT, I've seen the show a couple of times, and I'm on the fence about it. I'm joined by Kathy. What's up? I'm Kathy. I am the titular greater good. I've watched the show a whole lot, uh, know a lot about it, and I'm very excited to defend it ardently. And by Adam. I'm a newcomer to the show, but I look forward to talking about it. On this podcast, we talk about that uh, just fucking mess of a show called Lost. And we talk about it in sequential order with no spoilies, so you can watch along as you listen. Uh, Stamp of guarantee. On today's episode, we talk about Season 1, Episode 21, called The Greater Good, and Season 1, Episode 22, called Born to Run. Kathy will give us the episode details. All right. So The Greater Good was written by Leonard Dick and directed by David Grossman. It aired on May 4th, 2005. Saeed engages Locke to uncover the truth about Boone's death. In flashbacks, we see the events that landed Saeed on the plane and how his faith and loyalty were put to the test. Born to Run is a story by Javier Grillo Markswatch with a teleplay by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. It was directed by Tucker Gates. It aired May 11th, 2005. Jack suspects foul play when Michael becomes violently ill while building the raft. In flashbacks, Kate attempts to reconnect with a childhood friend while still a fugitive. Alright, so uh, what did we learn, guys? Well, everyone learned about the hatch, or at least um, Saeed and Jack did. Yeah. As uh, well as Walt, who says, don't open the hatch. Yeah, and uh, how... How did he learn about it? I think it's another hint at his, like, paranormal abilities or whatever that they kind of talk, mention briefly in his episode, but don't expand on. Uh, most of the camp learns that uh, Kate was on the plane with the marshal and that she is a fugitive. We learn about the plane, the little toy plane. We learn kind of what its significance is. It was like a toy that uh, she buried in a time capsule with a childhood uh, boyfriend. I guess it's her way of remembering him because she fucking got him killed. Yeah, and then she thought the best thing to do is to get that to honor his memory is to get that back in a really complicated bank robbery where she betrays everyone. Yeah, why she put it in a place where she couldn't get to it in the first place, who knows? Well, my, and my implication was that she didn't. It was in the car... Which then got somehow, the stuff from the car got put into a safe deposit box. Because she didn't take it with her. Yes, she did. She did? Sorry, yeah, she did. That was like, she went. she looked back at it, and then she just left. I definitely take a look. I'm pretty sure she grabbed it, but. Yeah. Might make more sense if uh, she just left it behind. It, it doesn't really matter at this point. We just know it's a connection to her, at least. It's her character motivation plane. Yeah, at least now we know that that plane is not actually the plane they were on. Do we? <laughs> Touche. Yeah. What else do we learn? Shannon can shoot a gun and is not afraid to. That Locke was the one that hit Saeed. That's True. a big one, yeah. Uh, and we also learn that Jack is petty enough to leave a gunshot victim and just walk away when he's mad at them. Yeah, but I think we all knew that. That's true. We, it's not a new discovery that Jack is the worst. We also learned that the makeup people are really good at making Jack look like a fucking corpse. <laughs> yeah, I think they take a lot of pleasure in making him look just uh, 
tired, haven't slept for years. We learn uh, at least one more very important thing in these two episodes, and is that that's that our good show Lost has a pro-poison agenda, which here <laughs> at Is This Lost, we are very pro-poison. Yeah, I would like to point out my pro-poison platform. Give us the, the triple P, uh, Adam. Uh, so first of all, poison's good for everybody. It's a strong platform. I highly endorse poison. <laughs> we also learned that Locke is unafraid to be filmed with his shirt off. And my girlfriend said to me in these exact words, yeah, he could get it. Uh, in the immortal words of Donna Meagle, uh, he could get it. Everyone on that damn show can get it. So let's talk about episode 21, The Greater Good. Adam, how'd you feel about this episode? I sort of felt that this particular episode was pretty good. There was like an emotional attachment that I had to it. It's definitely super post 11 and super complicated in terms of race and all that kind of relations. But I can't ignore the inherent drama of Saeed sort of being forced, and we'll, we'll bring this back up for sure, to convince a friend of his to be a martyr. Uh, that was very complicated and dramatic. So I liked that part of it, and the rest of the island drama was okay. I kind of liked uh, the flashbacks, general uh, ACAB vibes. Uh, the CIA agent and the whatever the Australian equivalent of that agent are just kind of portrayed as heartless monsters. Well, and at the time, though, they would have thought that what they were doing was justified. And I like that the show shows that kind of is and it is like so how many people would have died? How many people could they save by taking that kind of action? But it ignores humanity when you do it that way like it ignored Saeed's humanity and it especially avoid it especially just ignored his friend's humanity altogether especially like this this aired less than four years from 9-11 it's rough wasn't a big fan of the flashbacks like I agree with Adam that like there is some good television drama going on but it's just I really don't like seeing that shit especially written by mostly white men this episode also deals a lot with Shannon's grief, which I feel they could have done more to focus on, but the episode they chose to have it be about Saeed instead, which, you know, we got to learn more about Saeed, which is fine. I feel like Shannon's one of the characters that hasn't had an episode yet, and I feel I would have wanted to learn more about her grief, and I would have could have stood to see more things from her perspective, because it just kind of jumped from... My brother's dead and I'm sad to, I want to murder Locke. Yeah, I think they, this is something that they probably could have done earlier in the season and given some more time for like post Boone's death, kind of like see the repercussions of that. But I, I imagine since uh, we are so close to the finale that they kind of foreshortened that for the sake of let's get into uh, how Saeed operates a bit so we can better understand uh, his... Uh, time with Locke and his interrogation of Locke. Yeah, Killing Boom may have also been a sweeps thing. So Saeed asks Shannon, is there anything I can do for you? And it just points out a lot of this episode does of just how horrible it is in both situations of grief of trying to console someone when there's nothing that you can say that will make them feel better. But they also don't give us a lot of insight into Shannon's state of mind. She doesn't say anything at the funeral, which brings us also to the next scene where they're at a funeral. Probably one of the best scenes 
of the episode because we get, uh, you know, they're trying to get someone to say some words and Saeed kind of like takes Shannon's silence as an opportunity for him to kind of like, this is a thing I can do. I can speak on uh, not knowing Moon very well. Our pal Locke shows up just bloodied and uh, seemingly kind of just like, Sorry, guys. Sorry I'm late. You very rarely see Locke incredibly emotional or distraught, especially in his tone of voice. And that's usually a good thing because, you know, it's good to be level-headed on this island. Here, it probably could have used a little bit more emotion. Uh, just being like, it was my fault. Yep, I killed him. I'm sorry. And I think Jack's reaction here, just the... Uh, just the rage that he experiences is uh, satisfying, even though it's like... Uh, the word that I used to describe it is feral. I also think that Matthew Shepard is at his best when he's acting angry and pissy. This, in this scene in particular, he is furious, and I actually see and empathize with his rage because, I mean, I understand where his character is coming from, and I like that later they even spell it out for you, that he's, like, mostly mad that he based his treatment on a lie, which is so self-centered, actually, because <laughs> it doesn't really change how he would have treated him. He would have died anyway. But that's what he chooses to be mad about in that moment. Yeah, that was definitely a moment where I was just like, okay, you kind of lost almost all credibility on why you're mad at Locke. Because it's once you get to, I base my medical treatment, it's like, well... He fell versus being crushed. He he had internal trauma. Like, I don't know what else you would have really done. You're just mad at Locke for uh, using discretion, as they talk about in the next episode. So in the next flashback, Saeed is, finds, you know, his former friend. And, you know, he tries to ingratiate himself to the group by pointing out the bug in the smoke detector. I thought that that scene really worked. I don't like... A lot of the motivation going on but I do like that that scene felt real like he uh, did a good job of ingratiating himself and making himself look useful important and helpful yeah do you think he actually uh, knew the bug was there ahead of time like that was part of the plan was to recognize it or do you think that that was uh, an improv improvisation on his part I hope that uh... They had just taken out the battery of the smoke detector because they wanted to smoke inside. So he just went up there and pulled out just like any wire that happened to be there. It's like, oh yeah, this is a bug. I've noticed that that shape, the thing that he pulls out, uh, it seems to be in television at least, that's the shape of what a bug looks like every time. Like they kind of have a like go-to thing. And I don't know if that's like what a bug would actually look like. Do you know, Adam? I don't know either, but I do think that you're onto something. They show it that way as that like little circular device, and how they dispose of it is interesting too. I wonder also once you know that you're bugged, why wouldn't you move? And if they already had them bugged, why didn't they just arrest them? They did something in this show that that this episode that I really dislike when men promise women that they can protect them when first of all. He's shown that he's unable to protect him, and I don't think anyone can protect anyone from anything, really. You're talking uh, about Charlie talking to Claire? Yeah, he says to her, uh, no one's going to take this baby from you. I won't let it happen. He said as much last time when Ethan fucking took uh, her and him. So it's like, 
I guess he's just banking on the fact that she forgot that, and so uh, he can make such an empty promise. And it's all, you know, for, for not, because all it comes down to is uh, baby cry, nothing will satisfy it except for a sweet, sultry sound of Sawyer's southern accent. Yeah, who, again, is a premeditated murderer. Just want to throw that out there for the record. <laughs> so is the guy carrying around the baby. <laughs> the next scene is Locke being classically inscrutable, trying to apologize to Shannon. What something Kathy mentioned before is that he didn't show a lot of emotion when he said what happened. And the same is true in this scene. And I actually really like it because it doesn't show you how he's feeling. So he still has this aura about him that he could be an unfeeling monster that's just led by whatever the island is doing. Also, what I wish they had done in the scene is given me a little bit more of an emotional anchor on what Shannon's feeling in relation to it. Because the scene after she goes, he killed my brother, can you do something about that? Which was, first of all, she's asking him to murder him. That's, like, very unclear. The things that uh, Saeed will do for love. I think Shannon's motivations, like, the more that I'm thinking about it, like, I think it comes down to, in part, uh, like, I think she's just listening to Jack. Like, she seems to be very much, like, a follower, and uh, Jack just, like, being, like, attacking him and, like, saying to everybody in no uncertain terms that Locke killed him. It's like, I think she's just going off of that and just refuses to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I think Maggie Grace did a really good job um, once when Locke gets up and leaves her with the backpack and she looks back at him. She did a really good job with uh, like very held in grief because the tears are coming and you can see that she's like incredibly uh, upset. But I, I for me, the grief of it should have been played out over a few episodes i do agree that i wish they would have done it earlier in the season i think maggie grace does play it well and i get that just like the shock yeah i it's one of those things where this this episode and the following episode you can really tell that most of the cast is super talented she maggie grace is extremely good at doing the the crying and the grief i wish that she got more to do because as much as I dislike the character of Shannon, Maggie Grace is really good in their role. And there's this really uh, heartening moment when Locke brings her Boone's things and he says, I should not have let Boone hunt with me. I should have told him to stay here. And you can see her soften a little bit and she's like, he would have gone anyway. And that's there is that tiny little in where had they both been a little more honest with each other, they could have worked out the grief and maybe started healing and forgiving uh, him. And do you guys believe him when he said, I'm sorry? I think he is. He seemed genuinely shocked when Boone fell. Uh, He seemed incredibly upset at the hatch. His motivations are still very unclear, but I think his, his grief and his guilt are real. Yeah, once Boone's gone out of the picture, uh, Locke seems to be a very kind of self-motivated person and a kind of isolated person in terms of, like, what his uh, tactical needs are. Like, right now, he just desires to get the hatch open right and to, like, follow whatever he thinks the island's telling him. He doesn't really need the group to do that. And so the fact that he comes back doesn't seem self-motivated based on that. What do you think, Adam? I agree. I think he does mean he's sorry i think it's i'm sorry that it happened but i don't apologize for what i was doing 
It's like, I don't apologize for keeping this from you. I don't apologize for looking for this plane, for having someone climb up there. I'm sorry that an accident occurred. In the next scene, you know, we have Shannon who asks Saeed to do something about him killing her brother. And then after that, Kate kind of drugs Jack. Poisoning number one. Yeah, do you guys think that was ethical? say i think she was right because she has been around him for several weeks now knows that he will not stop until he probably just fucking drops dead we lock finally washes his shirt (laughs) i think he puts on a completely different one because uh the scene after this it's just brown i'm imagining that's just like he's got that one white shirt that makes him look cool and he's just sticking to that shirt uh, I liked that scene because I liked the way that Walt uh, looked at Locke. As you could tell that, like, seeing, like, Locke washing Boone's blood off of him, that, like, he sees him in a different light and perhaps does not trust him as much. I want to ask this question, too. So, Saeed, in one of the next scenes, when he's interrogating Locke... I love it so much. Yeah, they have a, such a good rapport. Yeah, that scene was great. Also, Saeed says the phrase, I know when I'm being lied to, like, goddamn Dumbledore... It looks like that was true throughout the most of the scene. It looked like he knew when Locke was lying to him and when he wasn't. And that's pretty dope. Like, I gotta say, that's a good superpower. And I think, like, I think he does, even, in, even when he is lied to at the end about the hatch. I think he just uh, is doing his interrogation technique of uh, suspending acting on it until it's more advantageous. That's a, it's a good... Uh... Like, dope and hella useful character trait to have that is actually backed up in the text. I bet in all of your intelligence training, you picked up on how to figure out if someone's fucking lying to you. That was your whole job. Said's friend tells him that he is going to be a martyr. And I would never be in that situation. Oh, I've got a surprise for you after the episode. (laughs) But what I don't know, and so I don't know how a human being would respond to that information. And especially when they have a personal stake in like making sure that he does it, as we find out like later, like, oh no, you gotta make it sure he does it. Once again, they needed some extreme stakes and they needed some uh, conflict and it's just some shorthands that they could just use real quick. Ideally, at some point, they're going to be able to have a compelling Saeed flashback that is not completely centered around him being uh, Iraqi. Um, after he finds out that Assam is going to be um, the person that does the suicide bombing, goes back to the agents and tries to plead his case that he can get Assam to to back out and he can just try to get them just the C4. And they got him in saying, we need that C4 back. In this flashback, they're saying, he's saying, I can get him to not kill himself and give you the C4. They tell him, no. I think they couldn't get like the way they explained it away i think was that if he didn't go through with it they wouldn't be able to guarantee that he'd know the location of it whereas if they keep him with him the entire time they can know for sure that he's not fucking with them and that he knows where the c4 is because they don't because once they do that then uh there's a lot less uh it was just a huge bummer overall one thing i do really like about the idea of this flashback is that a character trait we didn't really know that Saeed had in how much that he has is this deep self-loathing for what he's done. And, like, you saw that a little bit when he 
with the torture that you know he felt bad about torturing Sawyer that he had felt bad about torturing in the past. But this is like kind of a not definitely necessarily a different level, but it's just and there's one scene in particular later which I'm going to skip to to talk to you about now when he points the gun at him and the look on his face is fear mixed with just this what have I done guilt. And Naveen Andrews does such a great job of it's not 100% fear, but fear is like the primary emotion in it. So after that scene, you know, the CIA agent and the Australian CIA agent come up to him and they're like, oh, we got you this flight. And it's not the flight that would have stranded him on the island. But then he needs to make sure that guy had a proper burial, which goes back to a previous episode where he was really concerned about burials and make sure that he's buried like a proper Muslim. I like the emotion here of that he he is on the island now because of his horrible past. And it really shows more of he feels responsible for what happened because he directly was, and that he needs to at least do the best he can to make it a little bit better. When Assam is mad at Saeed for being an informant, Assam says, you told me this was for the greater good, the name of the episode. Um, that is also what Jack's dad told him being a surgeon is all about, the greater good. So I want to ask you guys, we're going to move forward to another scene where Shannon is pointing a gun at Locke, and eventually Saeed tackles her and she ends up just grazing his head. Do you guys think that she would have pulled the trigger if Saeed didn't tackle her? Yeah, I think she was pulling the trigger. Yeah, I think she... In that split second, saw that he was getting, he was stopping her and pulled the trigger, hoping that she'd be able to shoot him before uh, he stopped her. I think, had she actually fucking killed someone, I, she would not be able to handle it. And she didn't, she's not taking into account, like he says, if you do this, you can't take it back. But she doesn't care at that point, obviously. See, I read that scene as, uh, like Saeed using his uh, training, Saul and her, like her expression that she was about to shoot, and that's why he dove. It's like he knew that, like it was inevitable that, the, like she was going to pull the trigger. That she was so motivated by this and blind to the consequences that she was just going to shoot him. I agree with you. However, I do think that the scene. I think it's really well acted. Shannon does a terrific job here. But I think it's poorly blocked. It's not exactly clear that that's going to happen. But what, one thing I will say is that I thought that they did a great job of saying, hey, rain's coming, and then saying it another time, and then, hey, it rains. You, you have to have that rain for a dramatic jungle scene. What is a dramatic jungle scene with no rain? And it was just good that they, they were able to bake in two lines of dialogue about that about that. This was This is also the scene where I just fully gave up on Jack in this storyline when he uh, Locke was shot, fell down. It was not apparent where he was shot, if he was okay, and Jack didn't move a fucking muscle. Kate thanks Saeed and tells him that there's really no choice and he couldn't have just let Shannon shoot him. And uh, Saeed says, there's always a choice. Yeah, which I, I really like the emotional intelligence from Saeed there of accepting that in in the situa in the flashback situation, he always had a choice. He he could his friend would still be alive because he would have chosen not to be a martyr. And 
uh, he wouldn't have killed himself, and Saeed could have stopped him, and he chose not to. It's not necessarily all selfish. They put in this whole, you know, post-9-11 thing where, you know, they were going to blow people up anyway, blah, blah, blah. I think the way that they're playing this plot is, I think the this happening in uh, Saeed's past is what allows him to actually uh, trust uh, Locke at all, um, because they talk about why Locke lies and why Locke ultimately lies for greater good, and so it's, it's that motivation of like do what you think is best at the time, uh, and if it has uh, negative results. And so it's because they both like Locke killed Boone by ac by accident, basically through his actions, and Saeed has done the same thing. And so them being on the same page, I think, is what allows them to continue forward. Uh, where Saeed approaches Locke and uh, says, uh, basically tells him, "I think you're our best hope of survival here, but no more lies. You're going to take me to the hatch." I did think Kate and Saeed's uh, little conversation at the end was a better tie-in to the flashbacks than in the next episode. Kate has a conversation with Sun, and it's not as good. All right, let's go to a break, and when we get back, we'll talk about our next episode, Born to Run. Welcome back to Is This Lost? And now we're going to talk about the episode Born to Run, which is a Kate episode. What did you guys think of the episode? Did not like the flashbacks. I just don't really like Kate's flashbacks. But I kind of liked the episode. Not as much as the greater good, but it was fun. Uh, I liked getting to know a bit more about uh, Kate's deal. Like, because the bits they've shown about her have just been kind of like very fragmented. And she just seems to be kind of inscrutable as to like what her motivations are and at least this episode we get like get some of her mom we get like an old boyfriend and we get like the plane we get we get some answers we still don't get enough because we still don't know what was the inciting incident that caused her to be on the run in the first place but uh something enough to where like her mom like cries seeing her like scared uh asking for help so that's kind of horrifying yeah but her weird ex-boyfriend slash doctor slash he's married friend doesn't he seems to know the whole situation it's weird uh i do like that they established it she just has a thing for doctors no matter how boring they are <laughs> God, this guy seemed so boring like he makes jack just sound like a uh lively dinner guest by comparison like this guy's best joke is uh an Iowa guy always knows to bring beer. It's just like, oh my god, I hope you die in a police shooting. Oh wait. <laughs> Something that's I, I've kind of determined is that this show isn't very good with characters that are super complicated, uh, and that Kate is really. I think they just chose to make her too tricky to understand because she's a great actress. Evangeline Lilly is, and she does a great job in a lot of these scenes. But I have no idea what her deal is. Should I care about her and should I not? Like, when everyone turns her back on her, it seems insane. But also, like, what did she do, I guess? 
He's a J.J. Abrams puzzle box uh, for this season, I think. It's like, it's not the island, man. It's Kate. Yeah, because she, her and Sawyer, like Sawyer, I think the audience cares about more, but Sawyer are both just, every time they just show their flashbacks, I'm just like, so you chose to put this character in a really dark place, but not really explain to me why they're also a good person. And yet they seem to act both ways simultaneously. I don't really understand why or who they are, and it's not the actor's fault, so... Yeah, like, it kind of reads to me like the way, uh, like, serial killers are treated, uh, where it's like, for the most part, the way that serial killers are able to get away with what they do is because they seem like such nice people on the surface, and, like, it's kind of unsuspecting, and, like, these are both, like, you know, Sawyer's not nice up front, he's kind of, like, devious, and so it's like, people tend to think that he's the worst one, but Kate is very much has like serial killer style tendencies where she's like very kind uh, around people and will just lie her ass off. But we know she has this dark past. Or she'll casually suggest poisoning. Or casually will suggest poisoning to someone because she already tried it once. It's just like, this is a very good thing and it gets men to do exactly what you want. You should do this, son. Do you think that that is Kate's dark secret that she just actually was a serial killer? That's what I'm leaning on right now. That's what I'm going to throw out there is I think she was a serial killer. What do you think, Adam? I think it's impossible to say because the show <laughs> the show is just like, oh, no, we're not going to tell you what her past is. We're just going to have you guess at it. But we're not going to give you real clues. We're just going to give you, like, nothing. It was really frustrating, the scene where she's confronted in front of everyone and says, like, yes, I was on the plane with the marshal and I'm a fugitive for what I supposedly did that would have been the perfect opportunity for anyone to say, what the fuck did you supposedly do? The fact that no one, they just all walk away and let her walk away. And I mean, their imaginations just have to be running wild with what she did. Because a U.S. Marshal tracked her down to Australia. Like, this isn't a minor crime. It's not like she, uh, like me, stole some lip gloss from Claire's. Uh, she did something bad. You know, you could tell in the flashbacks, like in the last one, she's like, I'm running. I am not going to be caught. I was born to run. Eh. But uh, <laughs> I was born to run. I'm going to run away no matter what. And she feels bad about what happens and then still runs anyway. It's really hard to square that with the person that she is on the island. I mean, I guess the island did give her a fresh start or whatever. But it, on the island, she seems like a nice, helpful person, like, 100% of the time. You rarely, only in her interactions with Locke, do you ever see, like, oh, I actually had this whole huge dark side. You mean Sawyer? Yeah, sorry. It, her motivations for running, it just seems like she doesn't want to go to jail. Because she's very insistent that she didn't do anything wrong, but just running and running and running... Gives the very strong implication that you did something wrong. If you didn't do anything wrong, stay here, tell it to a judge and jury, like defend yourself. You're not defending yourself. You just seem like you don't want to go to prison or face any sort of punishment. The, my least favorite thing about this episode is that they give us the origin of the plane and it's not enough. Like, it does not explain what she did in the previous episode at all. She does this whole bank robbery to get this trinket plane back that reminds her of her friend that she had a responsibility in his death. And, you know, they were former lovers or whatever. But it's that still is not a rational motivation to do anything. It, it, is, it is simply not. And I get that the plane is, is important to her, 
but it doesn't explain planning a whole bank robbery and like betraying your whole bank robber gang you know it just it does again it's it's the character is too complicated for them to really explain to me now at this point so and i think they're trying to leave it open intentionally because they're trying to plan for future seasons they're they're basically like we don't want to round off uh this character yet but they still give us way too little to care they're just they're just mystery fragments they're not they're not character motivations. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Just trying to get a plot and mystery going without paying as much attention to the character. And that's just the worst way to build a show. And when the show works, I mean, they, they do do that. Like, okay, so in this episode, we find out that it was Sun that poisoned him because she was trying to poison Jin. I was like... At first, I was so angry because I was like, Sun wouldn't do that. And then I was reminded of their whole... Thing, which is that they don't talk to each other directly they instead try to do these things to protect each other that are totally insane and that she hasn't grown from who she was before and it doesn't show you whether that's true for Jin now but it does that was fully explained in the previous episodes about those two characters and then after I thought about it for like two seconds I was like that's actually awesome and that was like oh that character's cogent makes sense fine but everything with Kate doesn't. Do you guys think her name was Joan Hart after Melissa Joan Hart? It was because her mother is played by uh, one of the aunts from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, it starts in an homage to Psycho. A blonde woman pulls up to the motel and there's and like does the shower scene and all of that. Yeah, and I do not believe that she's a natural blonde. Was it the implication that she's a natural blonde? Or that she dyed her hair blonde and now she's dyeing it back brown? I think it's the latter. I think the implication is that she's constantly changing her identity to remain hidden. That's why she had like 20 states worth of license plates. If you want to point out, she uses like a tiny little bottle of brown hair dye for almost mid-back length hair. That's not enough. Doing that as a one-person job is very difficult. And to get it so perfect on the first... I don't know. It was just a very strange scene. Gets a letter and cries. I don't think we ever figure out what's exactly on the letter. Uh, Next time we see her, she's walking some flowers through a hospital. She's trying to go see her mom. But there is a police officer outside of her room. So she uh, shows up in the back of some dude's car. Yeah, that's a normal, totally normie normal first reaction to, you know, I can't get in to see my mom. So I'm just going to, you know, surprise a doctor that works at the hospital that I also have a backstory with. How long has she not seen this guy? How the fuck did she know what car was his? Maybe she recognized his uh, license plate. Just like, it's me. I'm right here. I didn't even think about that in the moment. I don't think that brought me out of it or anything, no. but that is a, a, an interesting question. He's also not nearly uh, freaked out enough by the fact that she's just in his car. Yeah, they go, like, have a moment. To, like, they have some moments together. She's basically trying to establish a rapport with him so that she can use him. So, like, they go dig up, like, their childhood uh, time capsule and pull out the plane that we saw and, like, some other trinkets. But the plane's the one we recognize from previous episodes. Yeah, they find a uh, tape that they recorded as kids on August 15th, 1989, a.k.a. Uh, 8-15. Two of the numbers. The implication is that she had a really rough childhood. Maybe this had something to do with why she's running. Because she 
does then like as soon as i get my driver's license i'm out of here he's like you always just want to run also she states in a previous episode that she's been married before and she talks with this guy about getting married so an implication could be that they were married and she ran away they kiss just so we can have steaks and then after that, we get to the meeting that Thomas set up, which is when we find out that Diane is her mother, and uh, she tries to uh, uh, talk to her mom and say that she's sorry about what happened, and it's good to see her. And as soon as her mom like slowly comes to realize what's going on, she just tries her best to cry for help, and it's uh, really upsetting. Yeah, that was the one scene of it, of the flashback that worked. Um, I think the rest of it's super contrived in context, but that scene where, oh, she's done something so horrible that her mom just screams at her own daughter for help. She uh, tries to steal Tom's car, but he insists on coming with her. She like pretty much begs him to get out. Please leave. I've got to go. He refuses. So she tries to drive off and escape. But as soon as she can stop, oh no, he's been shot and he's dead and she got him killed and she's sad, but she has to look at that airplane and run away. And that's the whole flashback. Yeah, and what were, what were I didn't even understand a lot of the, the themes that they were trying to present other than he's got a dark past and that relates to the plot of the episode. I think the thing that ties to the most is the lengths that she will go to uh, do things, but also that... Uh, she she uh kind of faces a lot of like unforeseen um like consequences basically like the other thing like there's a consequences to her actions and she's constantly having to deal with those repercussions of that and she part of like what she wants to do is escape and run from those consequences but they keep coming back and like causing more damage so it's like her just trying to run in the previous uh, in the flashbacks got her childhood love boyfriend killed and her trying to run on the island uh like got all of her past drug up and made her uh i don't know we'll see how people respond to her but it seems like uh they see her in a very different light now yeah um i don't know how thematic the flashbacks were the way that I read it is they haven't focused on her misdeeds and her past in a while. And so they just had to kind of uh, remind the viewer of the stakes for why she would be willing to go through all of this to get a spot on the raft. We have a new character, guys. Arst. I, I love this man. I He probably has like a PhD in biology. Like not a... Uh, like science degree. I think he has like a, a non-science biology doctorate. And, and so him explaining all this stuff about wind patterns, I was like, I don't fully believe you. However, I think that the show wants me to. So I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'll hand wave it. Sure. Because it's for the, really, since the boat burned down, it's the first uh, stakes surrounding the boat that they've, uh, introduced because it's kind of just been in the background like kind of smooth sailing for the most part i get it smooth sailing it's a boat oh. so i think they like 
not only like you know getting the boat go out there but like even once they get out there like in addition to not knowing where they are like possibly hitting monsoons like they really just want to like stack the deck against them i also like how uh the on island part of the episode introduces kate worried about uh being found out with charlie just bragging about how famous he's gonna be when he gets back <laughs> and his song that he writes which is <laughs> monster eats the pilot you gotta write what you know their previous hit was you all everybody so it's not he's uh he's not a pilot uh he's not monster a ate the pilot <laughs> Yeah, I think that was supposed to be, like, the thing that, like, Kate didn't think about. Just like, oh, shit, we will be famous. I've got to get on this boat. It, I I like how they set it up because that it's something that I don't think I had thought of up to this point. Like, if they do get rescued, what is going to happen to her? Um, and then we get a little bit of her trying to convince Michael to let her on the boat instead of Sawyer. She apparently spent two summers crewing j boats or fucking whatever another weird kate trait like unlike uh saeed being able to instantly tell whenever someone's lying to him this one is not supported by the text yeah this is just like i guess i have a white waspy past here's what i don't understand why is she trying to knock sawyer and not Jin? like Jin, uh like we don't know if he has a sailing past, but also he has a wife on the island, so like he has a reason to stay behind. Like she should be motivated to get him off because doesn't she want to go away with Sawyer anyways? Like targeting him just seems like it's the easiest conflict because they act, they already have a past. And also, Jin doesn't speak English. He's not. It's going to be difficult to communicate any issues that may occur on the raft with him think uh kate does not usually do the logical thing which is one of her more defining character traits this is why she tries to get sawyer kicked off because she thinks people don't like sawyer i can do this easier she tries to maybe convince michael to either not go or leave walt by being like oh you're bringing your son oh that's that's dangerous right it's just like it's a bad, bad move, but she doesn't... I think she's just not logical about things like this when she's backed into a corner. Well, and Jin, he... I think that it's supposed to be merit-based of who who built the raft gets to go. So I think it's it's just... What she was trying to say is that Sawyer doesn't have any merit being on the raft because all he did was... He's not helping you. He just provided supplies on the one that burned down. I'm, I'm actually with Kate on that. Maybe don't bring your son... Uh, this sounds incredibly dangerous, and, like, you don't even know whether he knows how to swim or anything. Like, you, it seems like maybe you're, you're not doing a good enough job thinking about this one. I was really missing was that we know that now that Kate and Sawyer are both con people. So I, what I wanted was when they both wanted something for them to have a con off, and that was like, that's a great premise of two great con artists going at each other with their cons, like matchstick men. I didn't get that, and I was very disappointed. That is a shame. I did want to say that I think we get insight into Michael's motivation for bringing uh, Walt on the boat a bit when they're talking uh, later. Because um, we, already, we already know that Michael doesn't want to be separated from Walt because he's been separated from him for a long time, and... Uh, when he's talking to Walt later about, like, going on the boat, and Walt's like, we're going to come back for everyone else, right? He's like, yeah, but we don't even know where this island is. And so I think he's like, if I get separated from my son, 
I, there's no guarantee we can even find this place again and find him. So I think that's his motivation. It's like, I'm not doing anything that's going to separate us no matter how, no matter what the cost. I think we can kind of like do some like more synopses for like kind of what happens for the rest of the episode. Cause we can kind of touch on like in terms of the hatch thing, Saeed and Locke bring in Jack. Jack's of course upset about it, but Locke provides a reasonable thing uh, explanation. He did what he thought was best at the time. I thought that Locke's logic didn't make a lot of sense. Like Jack hold, withholding that there are guns that they can use is a lot more logical than withholding like, oh hey, there's a hatch. This island's weird, man. Uh, like to me, the hatch isn't going to cause a, a bunch of hysteria, but guns might. I think Locke was more just like. You know I'm proficient with a gun. You know I'm like, here. To, I'm going to protect people. Like Saeed said last episode, probably the best chance they have of getting off the island, even if Locke doesn't want to. Uh, it's the fact that Jack specific. It seems like Jack specifically chose not to tell Locke. Not this isn't about Jack didn't tell the whole group. I think uh, Locke is like. Locke is kind of subtly insinuating, I think you have a problem with me. I don't think it's that subtle, though. <laughs> he has just yelled at him at a funeral that he murdered someone, so, and that yeah. he's a liar, which almost got him killed. Yeah, I think this is the point where they stop uh, like holding quiet resentment towards each other, and it evolves into uh, diplomacy, where they just kind of reveal their cards bit by bit until they can, so they can start using each other for what they want. So we've got a few more plot lines. We have the poisoned water, which we talked about briefly already. I do want to ask you a question. What did they put in the water? Because last episode it was sleeping pills. What on earth did they, was a powdery substance that they put in the water to give him severe cramps? I assumed it was from Jin's garden, from uh, Sun's garden. That's what I assumed too, is because once, once they reveal its Sun, it kind of gels together. It's just like, yeah, she has like this sort of unnatural uh knowledge of nature i guess it's like kind of the stereotype of like asian woman knows every natural remedy in the world and yeah. she knows the one that they're going to crush up here and uh poison him with and she knows that it's only going to give him mild cramps in the doses that she gave and yeah so we had that whole plot and I, I again i was mad at how it paid off at first but then i liked it We've also got Walt being the special and being like, hey, don't open that that uh, that hatch. Or he said, just don't open it. Yeah, and you well. know he's going to open it. That's not going to stop him, even though it definitely should. Uh, and it would be, again, bad storytelling if he didn't open it. Like, if you introduce something that interesting and then you're just like, oh, yep, we're not going to do that. That's, that's not a good story. <laughs> I like uh, Hurley's role in this episode, which is just uh, revealing everyone's secrets unintentionally. You want to gossip? <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, like, if I had any secrets on the island, I would probably take them to Hurley over anyone else. So there's two more scenes that I want to talk about at all, um, okay. which are this really dumb scene where, you know, she asks Sawyer why... He wants to get off the island so bad, and he's, uh, his exact line is, because there ain't nothing on this island worth staying for, implying that you, won't, you don't want to sleep with me. Like, uh, yeah, because like surface level, it's like, yeah, no one here likes you, so I can understand wanting to get off, but you made a very pointed effort at being like, no, it's because uh, you're not 
uh, you're not going to be with me. Uh, and it's clear that, like, she doesn't love him. Like, I think he sort of harbored some idea that it's a possibility because of how playful they've been. But with how targeted her attack was, he kind of realizes, okay, this really is just nothing between us. Or there. Yeah, I will say uh, the Sawyer and Kate scene versus the Jack and Kate scene where I would prefer I prefer the Sawyer and Kate scene just because Jack and Kate is the exact same beat that we've seen in at least five episodes already where she asks, why don't you believe me? Or what do you think I'm capable of? And Jack's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're capable of. And they don't resolve anything. Again, they just keep doing this. And this one, they even throw in these long, wistful stares into nothing, which are so melodramatic. As soon as Sawyer brings Michael some Pepto-Bismol, Michael reads that as guilt. I, d- I do like the poisoning uh, uh, Mr. X. Uh, is everyone thinks someone else did it, and they're all wrong. Very Agatha Christie. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Sawyer gets kicked off by Michael, who, uh, and Sawyer goes to jump at Kate, reveals her plan to everyone. She stole Joanna's passport. I like that they introduced Joanna, or, or rather reminded the audience of Joanna last episode. Yeah, because then it really paid off again here. Yeah. Everybody's just treating her without knowing anything. Like she's like she's definitely you know uh, killed the president or something, and uh, everyone's a bit acting like oh you've been scum this whole time. It's not like we're this island equalizes all of us. So uh, the um, final scene is uh, Michael and Walt sitting together, and Walt just after seeing uh, kind of big confessionals decides to go ahead and make his confession to his dad that he had burned down the initial raft. And uh, I think if it had been literally anyone else, uh, he wouldn't have been as understanding. But I think he's just in a place where, like, they they have a boat now. If he, if he had said it, like, right as the boat was burned down, I think it would have demotivated him a lot more about building a raft. But the fact that they have one that they're going to be able to send out in a couple of days, he's, like, able to soften on it. I think and, it also shows a bit of Michael's growth as a father as well. Yeah. And so, but hearing that his son doesn't want to go, like, he says, then we don't have to go. But it's, uh, well, who says, yes, we do. And, um, do you guys think that that is, uh, related to the lock scene or something else? The impression that I got was that Walt was spooked by whatever, uh, Stephen King vision he saw and is has changed his heart from we moved around a lot and I don't want to anymore. I want to live on this haunted fucking island to we need to get off this haunted fucking island. Yeah, in my view, it is 100% because of what he saw. But I don't. I think that he would have gone along with his dad anyway, but I think he has a uh, now an extra motivation. Like, no, we got to get the fuck off this island. And I just wanted to just point out just how beautiful that scene was. Like... Because they've shown that Michael is the most motivated person for making this raft, for getting off the island, for getting his son off the island. And then the second that he says that he might not want to go, Michael's willing to throw it all away. Like, on a dime. Because his his son wanted to stay. And that's like, it was so beautiful to me. I think he kind of, he kind of had his rock bottom, right? When, like, the first raft burned down, I think that brought him to a point where, like, something needs to change. I think also when uh, Walt went missing, that was also his, like, 
that's uh, true come too. to God moment. That's true. You're right. I forgot about that. All right, so now I'm going to state what I think is going to happen next. I just can't see them taking, first of all, one of the three main characters of the show. If the show has main characters, it's Sawyer, Jack, and Kate. Uh, I can't see them taking one of the main characters of the show off of the show. So I definitely don't think this raft is going to go off without a hitch. If they go away, they'll come back like within the next episode. Uh, so I, I actually don't think this raft is getting off the water at all. I, I, I just don't. And I definitely think that whatever is in there, that we haven't seen the monster in long enough to do just enough thinking about well, what's going to happen with that monster. That monster is definitely going to come back in the season finale. Like, there's no way that you could introduce a monster and then you do it in like one more episode and then you're not going to just pull it out for the finale. So the monster's coming back. It definitely has something to do with the hatch because those two have to be related and because Walt was so scared. I definitely do think that also that like my last prediction holds true that now that they haven't even talked more about the outsiders that or the other people on the island, others, I think that those people are definitely coming up to the episode as well. So my main predictions for the finale are monster returns, raft doesn't get raft doesn't end up going anywhere slash it gets destroyed or they come back and that there's others on the island. Those three things will happen. Lastly, as far as like long big picture stuff, nothing has changed. It's light and dark versus and the the forces of dark definitely now more than ever represented by Locke, and I still think that Hurley is ultimately the forces of light. Well, we'll be back next time for the finale. Uh, Exodus part one, two, and three. Our first three episode discussion. Uh, we'll keep it brief. No, we won't. <laughs> All right, but uh, thanks for joining us for the podcast. You are now listening to Thoughtful Considerations, where we discuss thoughtfully what happened this episode. Adam, what did you think about the greater good and born to run? Yes, I thought they were quite droll and precocious. Uh, I felt that the, just the themes were definitely underrepresented, and that uh, going forward, lost is pish posh. Hmm. BT, what did you think? One could say that the show has lost its way, uh, but perhaps in this season finale, it will be able to uh, return back to the themes that matter. Thank you for joining our thoughtful consideration. We'll be leaving you now with every Sylvan Esso song played all at once. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.